Section 54 of Loss of the Sultana by Chester D. Berry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 54. Ira B. Horner. I was born in Ohio in 1847. I enlisted in the service of the United States at Findlay, Ohio, October 25, 1861, as a private in Company K of the 65th Regiment Ohio Volunteer Infantry, and was promoted to corporal at Nashville, Tennessee. I passed unharmed through all the engagements of my regiment, until at the Battle of Stone River, or Murfreesboro, December 31, 1862, where I was wounded in my left hip and thigh. At Chattanooga, Tennessee, I re-enlisted in the same company and regiment, and as a corporal. During the second term I was most fortunate in escaping sickness and was leading a most charming life, but while in battle at Franklin, Tennessee, November 30, 1864, my good fortune seemed to have forsaken me, and the worst of evils befell me. I was a prisoner in the hands of the Confederates. The day following our capture we were placed in a line and searched and everything that would be of any value to them was taken from us. I had a new pair of boots which I was compelled to exchange for a pair of shoes two sizes too short for me, which had to be cut before I could wear them. I had a watch which I sold as soon as I entered the enemy's line for $150 Confederate money. Also had $33 of our money hidden under the cover of a pocket testament, and as the men who were despoiling me had no use for the latter, it was left in my possession, and the treasure therein became the means of saving the lives of three comrades and myself. I bought one or two bushels of cornmeal, without which it would have been impossible for us to live. When we were to be exchanged, and were passing out of the prison grounds, the monster who had presided over our prison tortures said by way of parting, I had rather shoot every one of you than see you exchanged. The explosion of the steamer Sultana and my escape from a watery grave at first seemed like a horrid dream, but in a short time I learned it was a reality. When first awakened from my slumbers, it seemed as if some poor emaciated comrade had fallen upon me. The next I knew I was struggling and strangling in the water. I was not very well versed in the art of swimming, but fortunately for me a stick of timber came floating along. I grasped it and soon found another, and by the aid of these I thought that there would not be much danger of my drowning. While clinging to the timbers a poor fellow clutched me by the legs, and for fear that he would drown us both I pushed him off, letting one of my socks go with him. Probably well I did so, for I should not have been able to have taken him with me. After getting through with this, my attention was drawn to a brilliant light. Some comrades asked what light that was. Some said that it was the boat burning, and others that it was a boat coming to our rescue. Although I felt that I would not drown, at the same time I did not feel comfortable from the fact that there was an alligator seven and one-half feet long keeping me company. While floating along on the timbers, I heard a familiar voice hallooing to me. "'Horner, is that you?' I answered. 
"'Yes, what there is left of me.' On my asking him what he was on, he replied on a piece of the hurricane deck of the boat. I asked if it would be sufficient for me to come on with him. "'All right,' he says. "'Horner, come along.' I could not see him, but struck out and soon found him. The craft was only about four by six feet, and two comrades were with him. Less fortunate than myself, they could not swim. My timber was gone, therefore I had to remain. Now there was a squad of four, two swimmers and two hangers-on. One poor fellow was badly scalded as well as myself. We floated gently and peacefully along until we came to where the city guards were stationed. They fired upon us, not knowing what was the matter. Soon we arrived in sight of the city lights. I was well aware if we got any help outside of our own efforts we might get in there, so I hallowed with all my strength, and soon a party of two with a small boat came to our rescue. I felt like if I had all the world I would give it to those boatmen. They rowed us to a larger boat, the Essex. There the attendants on board gave us something to drink from a canteen, which set the blood in circulation, and also something to eat in the shape of hardtack and dried beef. After landing we marched up to the town of Memphis, I marching along in the city with only one sock, shirt, and drawers on, but we felt fortunate to be alive and free. We were placed in the Gayoso Hospital, where we remained and were cared for about ten days. Before leaving we donned another suit of blue, then we went on board a boat bound for Cairo, Illinois. On arriving there we felt quite relieved to know that we were off the water. The next morning we went by rail to Mattoon, Illinois, where a bountiful repast was served, and also a ten-dollar note was given to me which I gave a portion of to my messmates. The word had come that all Ohio soldiers that were able to be transported were to be sent to the state to be mustered out of the service as the war was over. Of course we wanted to go whether able or not, and of course I went, though I went on crutches, being scalded and bruised on the left side, and my left shoulder dislocated, we arrived at Columbus at the Seminary Hospital, where we remained three weeks. Then we were mustered out of the service by order of the War Department, May 15, 1865. I arrived home on or about the 18th of May, 1865. The people at home looked on me as one of the dead, as they had learned that I was on the boat, and they did not expect to see me alive again but they did not know that I had learned to swim since they last saw me. If I had not learned to swim, I should, without any doubt, have drowned. My present occupation is farming. My present post office is Weston, Ohio. End of section 54